knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at Again, if you really appreciate rock and roll the way God intended, I invite you to take the time to dig into their deeper catalog, and you will be very, very happy that you did. Back from uh, UNC Asheville last night. Not much sleep, but hey, we're here, and we're piloting this thing as best we can. Hope to have a safe landing before we're done at 9. Thanks to Andy Bitter, Dwight Vick, coming up in just a little bit. But as we've been previewing, joining us now on the program, he co-hosts Ryan and Rush Show, he's basically just a self-described basketball junkie, and he has a connection with one of our Radford assistant coaches. His name is Ryan McIntyre. Ryan, how are you? Good morning. Welcome to the program. I'm doing good, Rick. Uh, good morning. And, yeah, yeah, uh, college hoops is in the swing of things. <laughs> how excited do you get this time of year? Are you like John Rothstein, who starts counting it down as soon as <laughs> the last day ends of the NCAA tournament? In a way, yes. Not, not probably not as much as Rossi, but yeah, less than eight weeks. But yeah, who's counting right till Selection Sunday? <laughs> well, let's talk about your background. Of course, uh, a West Virginia guy. You know, my dad was a grad there back in 1963, so kind of grew up around the whole West Virginia thing. Talk about your connection there and what got you really so enthralled with college basketball. Yeah, I mean, I was always a college basketball guy. I played played in high school and then uh, went to West Virginia from 2012 to 2016. Was the manager for uh, Hall of Famer uh, Bob Huggins. From there, went to South Carolina. Was a GA for that for that Final Four run in 2017, and then Austin P uh, as director of basketball operations. And then I actually returned to West Virginia as video coordinator 
from 2019 to 2022 and then just kind of got burned out of the industry like many and with, with the transfer portal, the NIL, and decided to get into this side of things. And now I co-host multiple shows, uh, the Ryan and Rush show, which is West Virginia sports, the college basketball experience, which is college basketball, and then uh, even the Big 12 experience, which is just Big 12 sports. So do a little bit of everything. You know, I'm a much better coach from the couch is what I like to say. <laughs> well, let's talk about something you just said, Ryan, because we've been t- discussing it a lot today. Uh, from the college football perspective and how much the NIL and the portal has turned off fans because it's happening. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, here you are, you've always loved the game, but even you, it's affecting you, right? You're a younger fresh person, a younger fan, but you see where all this is headed, and I don't think it's ultimately going to end up in a good place. Yeah, it, it's different. Um, I, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but but at the same time, it, it's, it kind of just is what it is, and if you don't adapt, you'll perish. So I, I give these coaches a lot of credit now. I mean, it, just being able to change with the times. I, I'm not the biggest fan of it, obviously, because I, I don't like that, hey, if you're not playing the amount of minutes that somebody's in your ear from another school and, hey, come over here and we'll give you X amount of dollars and, and, and you'll be happy over here. And everybody's got a guy that's got a guy, so it's – it's really kind of turned into uh, kind of the amateurs of, of the professional league, but like it is what it is. So I mean, if you don't have to like it, but if but if you're going to be in that profession, you you got to adapt, or you're you're not going to be able to make it. Ryan McIntyre joining us on the program. He hosts numerous radio shows, included the Ryan and Russ show. Well, talk about all the different. Uh, it's pretty cool that you just bounce around with all these different shows that you uh, that you host and talk about. I mean, that keeps things fresh for you, right? Because you're looking at a different perspective with each stop that you make along the way. Yeah. So the Ryan and Rush show is all West Virginia sports. That's cool. Uh, That's cool. Primarily, obviously. Yeah, obviously, um, I do that with the co-host Russ Bishop. We went to high school together, and then we were roommates in college, actually, at West Virginia. Nice. Um, and we primarily just cover. Uh, football, men's basketball, but we obviously touch on the other sports as well. So we do that year-round. We pretty much go live on YouTube, and we're available on Spotify and Apple, whatever you get your podcasts on um, daily. So, And obviously it's been a very eventful year in West Virginia athletics, uh, especially on the basketball front. How has that affected you? You're very close with Coach Huggins, obviously, and everything that happened. You're right, it's very difficult. And we were up there playing and talking to people around there. It's almost like a a dark cloud, at least this season, hanging over the program. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely been hard, obviously, just with the way it ended and and then the transition year. Josh Eilert uh, is actually one of my good friends. And you're covering it from a different aspect, and – uh, I know you guys. Uh, you guys cover Radford, Darius Nichols, also a friend of mine. I was at the game when you guys uh, were able to beat the Mountaineers at the buzzer. That was a heck of a game, and uh, actually was at his at his post game presser. It, it's been. It's definitely been different. Um, it's sad how it ended, but I, I, I like to think about the good times too. I mean, it, it was a heck of a 15 year run with, with hugs. Obviously, it did not end the way it wanted to, but you look at the way he was able to elevate the program, the practice facility, the the uh, the amount of NIL money that they have coming in uh, for the future, and just the overall, I mean, whether it's the six Sweet Sixteens or, or the Final Four in 2010, a lot of good times, 
uh, that I like to look back on the 15 years of the Bob Huggins era there. You mentioned the things you had done um, with the program, you know, at West Virginia and with Frank Martin. Talk about what that taught you about basketball. What did you learn about, you know, yourself, your fanship, and about the game? How did that help you doing all those things? Because, man, the things you describe, I know from personal experience, you know, hanging around these programs, I mean, you're so vital behind the scenes to everything that goes on. I think the main thing is, and just with every program, that no position, every position is needed. And if, if the manager isn't doing his job, if the trainer isn't doing his job, or the video coordinator operations, whatever it is, the operation won't run. Everybody just sees the finished product on uh, on the floor with, with, with the head coach and the players. But, in, but there's so much that goes into uh, – the day-to-day operation that makes that that well-oiled machine run, and most of the time, the head coach doesn't even know what's going on half the time. It just stuff gets done. So, uh, also, man, those guys put in so many hours and, and so much hard work, and they're away from their families again. I think what two, two, three days off for Christmas, or they're away from their families for Thanksgiving. It's a lot of sacrifices to uh, to win ball games. Do you have a uh, a story or two that stands out that you can tell on the air with Coach Herring in particular? Anything like <laughs> anything like that? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I got a couple. Obviously, uh, Coach Herring at, at Radford, uh, he was basically my mentor when I was. He was two years older than me, uh-huh. um, and and one of, one of the cooler stories about him, man, he. He was uh, he he got the GA job what in Illinois what year was it twenty twenty fourteen and I remember he he drove I think it was it was Ohio or it was in Illinois somewhere Indiana and he wanted that job so bad that he literally slept in the car that night and I think he I think he told me that he he brushed his teeth in a, in a random hotel hotel lobby so obviously me and him go way back we we get stories for days and days but. That guy, I mean, that guy works as hard as anybody in, in the industry, um, and, and that's why he's been able to get wherever he's gotten. I mean, Jacksonville State, he was the ops guy. They were really good those years. He was at Dayton for those that Obi Toppin year where they where the season unfortunately got canceled. They might have won the whole thing. And then, obviously, you guys are building something special at Radford in year number three. So, yeah, no, he, he's the ultimate grinder and uh, a better – He's a great coach, but he's an uh, even better person and friend. Yeah, there's no doubt. He's a great dude, absolutely. Ryan McIntyre joining us yes. on the program. Let's talk about uh, the moniker at the top of your uh, Twitter, now X page, uh, Moneyline Mac. I mean, you pay attention to all these things yeah. and breaking it down. Let's talk about that and um, how you uh, got that name and, and what are some of the things you look for when you're starting to look at matchups across the country nowadays. Yeah, so I, I my nickname is Moneyline Mac. It used to be Coach Mac, and then I got into gambling is the is the is the new future, and actually not even the future. It's it's very alive and well everywhere. So we uh, we we co-host me and Colby Dant uh, the college experience on a nightly basis. So kind of just came up with it uh, with a buddy that said, "Hey, what do you think of Moneyline Mac?" I said, "You know that kind of flows." So kind of just threw it out there, and people ran with it, and. I like it. I mean, it sounds cool, and uh, made made that banner on my Twitter, like you said. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's crazy because on our show we pick every single game, every single night. We go we go live 
at midnight every single night. So I, I think we got done last night because there's it's a 65 game slate around <laughs> two or three in the morning. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's fun, man. It's uh, like I said, I'm a better uh, coach from from the couch. But for me, I think I'm different. I, I think a lot of people love Ken Palm, shot quality, uh, Bartorvik, whatever analytical site you whatever analytical site you use. And I do use that, but also I, I just, I'm mainly a coach's guy in terms of the matchup and home, home court atmosphere. Cause when you, like, for example, when you go to the fog, you, you know, you're probably not going to win. Right. So right. When you're looking at stuff, I, I love the, I love to take into account how much home courts worked in, in the history of the coaching matchups. I, I think people don't, uh, dive into that as much as usual just because they don't know i mean to monte ross tonight for example he he's going back to delaware and i mean he he, he was the only coach to ever get them to the ncaa tournament i don't think anybody in the country even knows that he coached at delaware just because college basketball is such an undercover sport nationally well and i think that's a great point you made you got to look at, at other things are we i'm not and i'm not too old to say that analytics are worthless i'm not one of those guys but are we over analyzing is there too much that's uh, given credit to ken palm i mean with what you're researching and you see your results which is obviously have been very positive do you think there's a little too much analytics going on absolutely and, and like i said i i like analytics sure but sure you've you got to have a fine balance of the eye test. And I, I going into the Big 12, I think BYU was, was Ken Palm, rated number one in the Big 12. And obviously, I'm close to the Big 12, so I, I follow that on a night-to-night basis. I sure. could have told you BYU is not the best team in the Big 12 ahead of uh, Kansas, Houston, Baylor, Texas Tech, K-State, Iowa State. You, you take your pick, and they're 2-4. and four. So I think... I, I I like analytics, and I, but the somebody once told me I, I, it might have been Hugs, or I think it was Frank actually. Where it's, if you keep staring at those numbers long enough, they can tell you whatever you want to hear. Tell me a little before we let you go. I want to hear about Frank Martin because he's always been one of these guys yeah. that I really liked. You know, when I saw him do a press, you talk about a guy who just lays it out. Honestly, he doesn't seem to have any kind of feeling like, look, if you don't want to hear it, don't listen. Talk, tell us about Coach Martin and working for him in that experience. Frank Frank was great. I, I really enjoyed my year. Uh, of course, it was the Final Four year, so I saw the best of Frank. Sure. He was around Frank for his for his uh, definitely his most favorite year. But he's just such a he's such a great guy. He he really he's a teacher and. He, he, was, he was a math teacher for years and years um, down in Miami with, with Anthony Grant, who's at Dayton. And they just, he, he is probably the best um, practice coach I've ever seen. Just the way he's able to break it down fundamentally and, and, and just, just teach. It, it, he really, he, he approaches it like the classroom. It, it's, really, it's really amazing just the way you're able to just watch him work. And I, I learned so much that year in 2017, just watching him go about his process on a day-to-day basis. He lo- he he's he's the best practice uh, basketball coach I've ever been around. And that intensity is genuine, isn't it? That he would come with. Yes, it, yes. <laughs> it, but like you said, it, it's genuine, and and it's just to challenge you, make you better. And sometimes it hugs too. You you got to listen to the message and. and 
not pay so much attention to the way it's delivered somehow. That's yeah. just how he and, and Hugs and, and other guys in the profession go about getting their message across. Yeah, agreed. Agreed 100%. Yeah. Are you going to be heading down to Dedman anytime soon? We'd love to have you down there at Radford. I am. I, uh, I saw you guys for West Virginia. I was at the Longwood game a couple weeks ago. That was a great road win. And then, unfortunately, I was there for JMU and uh, I think it was ODU. Okay. I was there for – oh, and, and VCU because I'm out of Richmond, Virginia. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to get over there to Radford for a couple games for sure, especially as we come down uh, come down to the wire here in conference play. Those guys got to get healthy, man. No, oh, I know. I know. It seems like something else pops up each and every game. You know, somebody either sick or injured. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But uh, maybe February will be – I keep telling Coach Nichols, maybe February will be that good month where everybody starts to come together. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Ryan, if you would yeah, – hey, Yeah, go ahead, man. I was, I was saying all it takes is uh, three magical days in March. So That's it. it. As long as they're playing their best, uh, best ball about 40 days from now, get healthy then, it, it, it'll be a good time. That's absolutely the truth. Right, if you would, let people know how they can find your stuff if they're perusing around the Internet today or whenever. Yeah, you guys can find me at Moneyline underscore Mac on Twitter um, and then co-host the, those shows that we talked about, uh, the Ryan and Russ show, uh, the College Experience uh, uh, the Big 12 experience, and they're all available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify, uh, all those different platforms. And then, of course, you can just tweet at me. I'm, I'm very active on Twitter, so uh, and, and give out pics every single night if, if, if that's just what you want to follow me for or just entertainment. So I appreciate you having me on, Rick. No, nah, man, we'll do it again. It was fun, man. We, it was fun. Um, again, that's Ryan McIntyre. You can find him on Twitter. At Moneyline underscore Mac. Uh, Check it out. Check out his picks and uh, let him know you uh, heard us talking this morning. I appreciate you a whole much, uh, Ryan, and uh, keep Coach Herring, you know, between the white lines, all right? Because that guy, you know, he's a little out there. So, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Him and D Knights are great. And so is Shane. So, go Highlanders and uh, let's get a bounce back win this weekend. All right, Ryan. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate your time, man. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it, man. All right, there you go. Good stuff from uh, Ryan uh, McIntyre. There you go. I like that. I like the way you just say, you know what? Just view a game with your eyes. Sometimes your eyes are the best judge. See, there's a place for analytics. I don't want to say I'm a guy who's anti, but I do believe there's way too much that's kind of thrown into it. All right, we'll come back rolling along here. Dwight Vick in about 10 minutes. get to the bottom of the hour first of all thanks to uh, ryan mcintyre getting a lot of good reaction on the text line that was fun yeah. want to wish a happy birthday to one of my good friends one of my all-time favorite human beings you hear him on this show every friday it's mike ashley's birthday if you think about it send him a nice uh, birthday greeting on his uh, twitter or reach out to him let him know you appreciate him as well just uh not sure they make finer people than Mike Ashley. So I hope he has a great birthday. I believe he's finally back from his <laughs> Texas slash Cancun, Mexico. I can't wait to get caught up on everything that's been going on with him. So um, happy birthday, Mike. And uh, I hope you have a great, great one. All right. We are at the bottom of the hour. 
Dwight Vick coming up. A lot of things we want to talk to him about. The schedule and the whole Miami, Miami aura. What was it like then and will it ever be back? Always a good conversation with the authority on tech football, Dwight Vick, when we return. Sweet chocolate, chocolate malt, candy, gumdrops, anything you want. You've come to the right man because I'm the candy man. Who can take a sunrise? Sprinkle it with you. Well, if you tuned into this program and didn't think you were going to hear some Sammy Davis Jr. this morning, well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Welcome back. Thanks to uh, Andy Bitter and uh, Ryan McIntyre. We're still getting re- reaction from uh, the uh, Ryan McIntyre uh, interview. We always get reaction when we have our next guest on. He is the authority on Virginia Tech football, creator of Victory Live, former all-conference performer. His name is Dwight Vick. Dwight, how are you? Good morning, my friend. I'm good. I'm good, man. Um, great to be back on in this uh, rainy day up here in Northern Virginia. It is. It is raining down here as well, but uh, it's warm weather. Uh, you know what, Dwight? I am not going to complain. You know, with the warm. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, 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 I'm not complaining either. The only thing about the rain, it just makes me. Uh, I just. It, since I was a boy, it makes me sleepy, man. Like I'm like, oh my. And I got a good night rest. Lad. I'm still kind of like groggy but it's all I'm, I'm awake now though i'm on your show <laughs> <laughs> well we appreciate that and uh hey listen let me ask you the schedule came out um you know we kind of knew the opponents obviously already but the way it's laid out i'm telling you dwight i i think i see at least 10 wins this could be a big year for tech the way it's setting up yeah 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 man um i didn't even know when then i you know i jumped on twitter in between one of my my sessions and i said oh the schedule came out and then you know, I saw everybody from Tech fans, UVA fans, Miami, you know, Big Ten, Ohio. Everybody's feeling great. I think, um, you know, you and I are more rational, and I share your sentiments. I think, you know, you look at Vanderbilt, you know, Marshall. They play ODU on my birthday. I need that win. <laughs> September 14th is my birthday. I need that win. I'm not going down to Norfolk. I think we got to break the Norfolk. With, I don't even think it's a curse. Um, but – you know, I just think it's a it's a very a favorable schedule. I always say that word when I'm talking uh, football, basketball, when we're talking about matchups. I do think, you know, we'll see how the new pieces come together in the spring and early August when camp starts to have a better understanding. But just right now looking at it, the one thing I like is it's a good mix of intriguing matchups, teams we haven't played before or we haven't played in a while, um, like Vanderbilt. You got Marshall, you know, we played them last year. Right, right? Did we play them last year? Yeah, that was the game they should have yeah. won in Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you got Rutgers, a team that we, you know, they just they jumped on us. But but then you have a Stanford team. We haven't played them since, ah, Harbaugh was the coach. <laughs> Andrew right. Luck. That's right. In the Orange Bowl. Um, so, you know, but then you have great matchups with Clemson, I think. And, I, and, and the thing that makes my heart warm no, no pun intended, but we go down to South Beach. Um, the ACC got that right with renewing the Virginia Tech-Miami rivalry. I just think that makes a lot of sense. And um, so it's a, good, it's a good schedule with 
good matchups um, and winnable games if Tech plays like they did this year in the second half of the season. So, yeah, man, it could be special. For me, um, you go from three to seven to ten or more wins, you're talking about really some serious momentum. And I got to tell you, to you and your listeners, I'm here in Northern Virginia, and everyone that follows you and now on Twitter, I'm sure they they follow Brent Pry and they see all the pictures with, you know, Coach DJ and JC and everybody. I just left Unity Reed High School because I was doing a morning group with some high school students. Oh, cool. The first, the first, yeah, I've been doing that for four years. The first thing the guy at the check-in desk told me, he said, your boys are up here. And I'm like, boys? <laughs> yeah, he said, the Hokies were up here, man. Prize up here. And him and his staff, they've been up here twice recently. I nice. said, really? Nice. And he said, yeah. He said, there's some kids they like up here. So you look around, man, they are really flooding the market in Virginia and the DMV, just killing it. So you get this momentum with those kind of games. A lot of kids are going to be watching. <clears throat> you get Clemson at home, and Clemson doesn't have Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson. Still a very good program, still a, a ACC contender. But, you know, the way Tech played at home last year, I like that matchup. But, again, we don't know what Clemson is going to get. The one thing I do know is Dabo doesn't like the portal, so we pretty much know how his team is going to look. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Yeah, so some good matchups. Good matchups, Rick. Dwight Vick joining us on the program. Well, you've already brought up one school I wanted to ask you about because we got into a good discussion with our listeners and with Andy Bitter uh, about the Miami aura. I know it's one of your favorite subjects, and I guess you've talked about it before, but can you talk about how Miami was when you were playing and what they were coming out of, what they had done and accomplished you know, Jimmy Johnson, the national titles, and that you and what it meant when Tech played them, and y'all had some just so many wonderful battles, as did Mike against them. And what has happened to them now as we head into 2024? You know, I talked about it. They didn't use the clip on the Beamer special documentary I was on um, a year ago on the ACC network, ESPN ACC network, but um, – I did talk about it. I've talked about it on your show. I've talked about it when Andy Bitter did a feature on me about four years, four or five years ago. The truth of the matter is Miami was so good in the late 80s, 90s, and early 2000s that when Virginia Tech recruited you, part of their selling point was we played Miami. Um, wow. And you knew the nostalgia associated with Miami. Even now, I mean, they have the name, but I think they're caught in – sort of this gray area of do we build on our legacy or do we create new expectations, right? So you have Brent Pryor, head coach Brent Pryor, and J.C. and Pearson who brought back the lunch pail, right? The lunch pail is iconic with Virginia Tech football, specifically the defense. Beamer ball is not something they really push, but it has such an impact in college football and pro football that it's used constantly, Mm -hmm. even when Tech's not playing. But we're not really living off the Mike Vick and Tyrod era or Kevin Jones. Like, it was a phenomenal, it's iconic, those moments are legendary, but it's the Chiron Drones era. And I think it's, a, it's, it's important to have a mix of realistic expectations combined with building on your legacy you created but moving forward. And Miami's yet to be able to move forward. Every time they come and have a good win or they look like they got a great recruiting class, the first thing you hear about is Michael Irvin, everybody on Twitter and the shows and sapping those guys. The U is back and the U and the U. And they lose 
you know, to um, a Miami of Ohio type team at home. And part of their issue is, and this is something the older fans know, the Orange Bowl was legendary. Like when we won in 96, it was still a monument. It was like only their second loss in like a decade. Like they just did not lose at the Orange Bowl. Kind of like what Lane Stadium was until the Fuente era came. And then now it seems like last year, Pry has restored that. Um, the new, whatever it is now, Pro Player Stadium, I don't know, what is it, the Ketchup Bowl? I don't know. They always change these names, right? <laughs> they, do, they do. I don't know. <laughs> but but it that mystique is not there. It's very rarely it's full, unless they're playing Notre Dame and it's a Saturday night ESPN, ABC primetime game. It just doesn't have the same mystique. The other thing is they are getting NFL players, they're getting great prospects, but they aren't getting household names, right? And what I mean by household names is you can pick a team, UVA, Sean Moore, Herman Moore, Terry Kirby, Chris Slade, Virginia Tech, Corey Moore, John Engelberger, Andre Davis, Mike Vick. Household names, Miami, Ray Lewis, you know, yeah. um, Ed Reed, Sean, uh, Sean Taylor, uh, you know, all those guys, Dan Morgan, all the guys I played against, Edrian James, Clinton Portis, McGahee, household names. Miami has very good players. And household names are transcendent and they're iconic, where they kind of can overcome and you can win games despite your team deficiencies. And Miami just has very good players. They haven't really had a dynamic quarterback. Even when they had Ja'Cory Harris, they haven't really had a dynamic quarterback in quite some time. Kyron Jones is a dynamic quarterback. I was big on that because Virginia Tech historically has had dual-threat quarterbacks who really move the meter, and they're fun to watch. Jones is definitely fitting that mold right now. And I think Miami is great because of the history between Virginia Tech and Miami. But they've been Tech three years in a row. But I think Virginia Tech is also kind of turning the corner, getting back to where they should be, where Miami, respectfully, has never won the ACC mm-hmm. since it expanded in 2004. Not one time has never won it. And they expanded because they wanted this Miami-Florida State matchup. Right. But, my, but Miami didn't get the text message. Not the memo. They didn't even get the text message. Okay? Right. Yeah. And then on top of it, they have a horrible post game post regular season record in bowl games. Now, bowl games now with everybody sitting out, opting out, or going to Starbucks for a cup of coffee till the game is over, that's changed. So bowl games are important, but it's changed. But still, it's a good measuring stick how committed your players are to getting momentum going into the offseason, especially if you're a junior and senior that may be going pro or graduating early. Miami just has a lot of things going on that I think that's affecting their program indirectly and directly where they're trying to capture that momentum they once had, but it's different now. Very similar to when Virginia Tech built their brand where Tidewater and the state of Virginia was the best kept secret. And then when Beamer began his run and it became ACC championship or bus or BCS bowl, uh, Saban was in um, Tidewater. Dabble was in Tidewater. Uh, Ohio State was in Virginia. Clemson started coming to Virginia, the 804 in southwest Virginia and Richmond and this 703 area in northern Virginia where I'm at. So it became, wow, we can no longer corner the market. Miami cornered South Beach in the state of Florida for years, and it's hard now because everybody goes to Florida now, and you can get, a, you can get seen anywhere. You can get seen at Marshall. You can get seen at Rutgers. So 
I know I hit you with a lot of reasons, but there are a lot of reasons why I feel like Miami struggles. I know I can speak on it because I was there going against legendary players. You know what I mean, legendary, iconic. Ed Reed and Sean Taylor yeah. were on the same team when I played them. <laughs> they had the two best, arguably two of the best safeties in college football history, and one was the backup. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a backfield that featured Frank Gore, McGahee, and Portis, and Edger and James. You know, so you, you don't have that at Miami right now. you got very good players, but it's just tough, man, because we've seen even with UNC not taking shots at them, but they've had legendary quarterbacks um, with Sam Howell and the kid May, and they underachieved. So it's tough to kind of build the program the way people think they can just because they're getting great classes. It's a, it's a plethora of things, and going back, bringing it back to our guys in Blacksburg, Pride seems to kind of have the right formula. There's a lot of positive vibes and momentum right now around Blacksburg and Virginia Tech. Ah, so many great points. I, there's so much to unpack. We could do a whole two hours. Uh, but <laughs> I think your point. So, in other words, you look at it as Coach Beamer was going out, and his mind wasn't, okay, I'm trying to create a legacy. I'm trying to do what it takes to build a winning program. It became a legacy, whereas Miami gets caught up in, like you said, their legacy has surpassed anything they can do going forward because they can't recapture, whereas Tech's trying and Coach Price embracing what turned out to be Coach Beamer's legacy. Does that make any sense? It makes a lot of sense, which is why I said when Fuente was here, all he had to do was build on the blueprint Bud Foster and Beamer gave him. But you start going to Texas, you start the hard hat. Again, hard hats and turnover chains are manufactured hype. It doesn't amount to wins because it's not authentic. Like Miami, when they came out back in the day when I played them and I watched them on TV and as a kid, the smoke, the mystique in the Orange Bowl, the crowd hanging over, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the seats and the bleachers, it was intimidating, just like the old RFK is. That's why FedEx Field is a dump, because FedEx Field would never be the old RFK. Mm-hmm. The, RFK the old RFK used to shake. Here's the thing. Lane Stadium is still iconic, despite the team underachieving before Pride got there, because you still have no other stadium has into Sandman. No other place has a lunch fail that still means something. It's authentic. Those kids now with Pride, J.C., and Marv, and DJ, understand what that lunch pail means. When you do a hard hat and a hammer, I mean, this is not the Muppets. This is not Bob the Builder. We don't need – that's corny. You need something kids can say, yo, this is really good. I give Miami credit. The turnover chain was cute. It was nice for a minute. But then ultimately, it didn't result in what Miami is all about, wins. Michael Irvin and those guys and Ray Lewis are about wins. They were about championships and dominating the Big East, and that is long gone because these guys now, they may say all the right things at ACC Media Day, but they truly, do they truly understand what it means to be a king? Do they truly understand what it means to carry that torch that those guys built in the old Orange Bowl? And to be fair, it's very tough to stay motivated and locked in, Rick, when you're playing in front of um, – 3,000 people That's right. against an, against Carolina. It's like, it, it looks like, you know, it's half full. I, how many times have you and I seen those pictures from Andy and David Till and it's 10 minutes before a kickoff and it looks like a spring game in Idaho? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That blows me you know away. I'm yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is Miami, you know? So 
That's my two cents on that, my guy. No, it's great. <laughs> That's a great conversation, man. I mean, it really is. And, you know, you're right. It, 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 not having an on-campus facility, you're right. The Orange Bowl was one thing. It just hasn't – these students feel like it's a road trip to go watch their team play at home, right? That's why you don't see any kind of craziness there from the students. So you're right. It, it, it's tough to motivate guys when they go – what did we find out, right? When Miami came up here, was it a couple years ago? Yeah, Van Dyke. Remember, Tyler Van Dyke said, "We're look, we're yep. looking, we're looking forward to playing in Lane Stadium because we can't wait to play in the atmosphere." Yes, and, <laughs> and, and to your point, some university ads and presidents get it right because I just saw the clip, which I'm gonna read to a post of the basketball players talking about the toughest places to play. And many of them said Castle Coliseum because of the fans. It's just like Cameron Indoor Stadium, whether you love or hate Duke, is an iconic place to play because it's tough to get wins there. The student sections is crazy, and the atmosphere is electric. So they're not going to expand Cameron Indoor. They're not going to build this conglomerate because it takes away from it. Um, same thing you see at other places in universities when they kind of outsmart themselves and then they make it this big conglomerate, this big place with food courts and all this stuff, and it's just not the same. Um, I think there's something to be said about mystique and atmosphere because young men and young women love to play in that kind of stuff. And I think it also says a lot about your university when you – I understand why they tore down the old Orange Bowl because it needed to be done. But I also felt like you could renovate it. But Miami is a city that's big on entertainment and sex appeal and all of that stuff. And sometimes you suffer when you're trying to create a college town atmosphere. Swap Maryland up here in the DMV where I'm at, the Terps have kind of struggled because this is a pro sports town region. The DMV, Northern Virginia, D.C., and Maryland has never really been about college football. They only really, they only really cover it unless they own 1067 The Fan and they get Bill Roth on, mm-hmm. you know, or my guy Danny Noakes jumps on. Yeah. They, don't really, they don't really cover it. I mean, and I can't blame them. The Terps over the years have not given them much to cover. Georgetown doesn't have a football team. You know, you have Townsend up here and a few other spots, but it's just really not a place you come for football. So it's tough. And this is why Tech, even though I feel like it was a very unique place, they seem to get it right, man, because despite their shortcomings, people still check for Tech football. Hell, even Tech basketball is on the come up. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> not so much where they should be, where Mike Young wants them, but it's still great to see them play. They beat NC State. They win. They beat Boston College. It's still a great place to catch a basketball game. No, it's it's a great conversation, man. Uh, really good, and I appreciate you as always. And uh, hey, real quick, who you got winning the uh, championship games on Sunday in the NFL? I want my heart says Baltimore because I really want to see Lamar get one. You know, he's a big fan of my cousin. He's the closest thing. Probably you can make a debate that he's better than Mike, but. Um, I'm a pick Baltimore, but don't be surprised because Mahomes is Brady with with mobility. Uh, Um, He's got the clutch gene. But I'm going to go Baltimore. And then the other side, I'm going Detroit. Yeah, I did too. I I, I too. It's something about him, man. Let's go in there and see what happens, right? Yeah, their coach has got momentum. And it'll be a great story, man. I mean, I know San Fran's the better story for matchups and ratings, but the great thing about the Super Bowl, it could be me versus you and people going to watch. I mean, (laughs) that's right. right. (laughs) You know, for the eye. But I I just think, real real quick, I know we're up against it, but I just think um, San Fran, which if they win, I think it's great. But I think 
they played well all season, but I feel like they're playing around too much. Like, you know, with Green Bay and Detroit's coming in, they won't be intimidated. And they kind of got, like, some momentum. And now Debo Samuels, I, I read this morning, is out. Correct, correct. That changes. Yeah, that's a big loss. That, that's a huge loss. That's a huge loss. All right, my yeah. friend. Well, we'll yes. see We'll see how it turns yeah. out, and uh, we might uh, continue parts of this discussion next week. This is good stuff. Awesome, man. Thank you, as always. Shout out to you and your listeners. I appreciate you, man. All right, brother. You and your family stay safe. Appreciate you, Dwight. Yes, sir. All right, great stuff from uh, Dwight Vick. Man, that's a great conversation. I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a conversation that could just continue to go. Great points, as always, by Dwight. We're back to wrap it up after this. Oh. I just know it's going to be rainy. All right, great great stuff today. Thanks to uh, Ryan McIntyre, Andy Bitter before that, and, of course, man, what a great conversation with Dwight Vick. Tomorrow, Will Stewart, the birthday boy, Mike Ashley, Jen the Gamecock Girl. We'll see you then, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.